4: Seven questions, limitless answers. And now your
2: main event.
4: Introducing the hosts of Wrestling
5: With Freddy, Jeff Die and Freddy Prince Jr.
1: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Wrestling With Freddy, a.k.a. Wrestling With Friends with my ultimate co-host, Mr. Jeff Die, And we're going to get right into it. Right now and we're back with Mr. Walter Winchell.
5: And this is the Wrestling News of the Week (laughs) Don't make me laugh I love it If you laugh, I'm gonna laugh So you're not allowed to laugh sounds too good sounds too I don't even barely know the guy And it sounds perfect Yeah, we met him last week Okay, here we go Here's the Wrestling News of the Week
1: With Walter Winchell, your dear friend Ladies and gentlemen, Buddy Matthews exits AEW And may return to WWE with Aleister Black AEW Grand Slam at Ass Stadium has become the first million dollar gate contrary to whatever CM Punk thinks. Jon Moxley becomes the three-time AEW World Champion and if you laugh I promise I will laugh every time. Soraya, formerly known as Paige from WWE makes her return and the wrestling world goes crazy. Chris Jericho wins his eighth championship in his illustrious career. The QR code on WWE teases the return of Bray Wyatt causing Freddie Prince Jr to say fuck. I actually say that. Sami Zayn has become an honorary oos and Survivor Series is transitioning to a War Games event. However, without William Regal saying War Games, it just won't feel the same. Ladies and gentlemen, here comes Wrestling with Freddy.
5: Good evening and good luck. How are you, sir? I'm feeling good, dude. What a week of wrestling, huh?
1: Holy crap. It felt like a month of wrestling, dude. It yeah. was unreal. I would like to start the show, however with a story that I think will make you laugh. Uh, Season one, I did a ton of side quests, and this story is worthy of a side quest. All right. Are you ready for a funny story?
5: Absolutely, always.
1: On season one of this show, we had the wonderful MJF, Maxwell Jacob Friedman, on the show as a guest, and he shit all over me. When the show was over, he and I became buds, and he came out to Los Angeles a couple times, and we've had some private dinners, and I've talked to him about some of my ideas, and he's psychotically helpful. And his creativity is just next friggin' level. And it's also just a different generation. We have such a, I think it's a 20 year age difference and hanging out with young people always makes me feel, you know, inspired and hungry to, to chase my dreams the way I did in my twenties, the way this son of a gun is, is doing mm-hmm. it every week. And Friday night we went out to dinner. I, we always go to a sushi place, right? Cause there's great sushi in Los Angeles. And I'm not going to tell anyone where we go, because the last time I told someone, it was Wilmer Valderrama in the 90s. And the restaurant that I mentioned suddenly became a paparazzi cesspool. And my wife and I had stopped going there for like five uh, years until it. it wasn't cool anymore. But I'll tell you off the air. So anyway, um, we go to this sushi place. And uh, it's really, really yum spot, man. I got to bring you there. And there's these two, I'm going to call them ladies, Okay. Okay. They were very drunk. They were sitting next to us. And if you've seen Maxwell lately, he's in good shape. Okay. Like really good shape. His arms are friggin' huge and mine are not. And we're sitting next to these two drunk chicks and they're in love with him and probably partially in love with me. But I mean, really in love with him. And but they they, did, they,
5: did, they didn't recognize him as a wrestler. Did they like they knew who he was? No.
1: Oh, okay, they were just we drunk, divorced and looking for a young guy to there have sex with. All right. And they she's like, "Oh my god, your arms, da da da." Oh, they're so up the whole time, right? And he's like, oh, "Oh, thanks. Yeah, thanks." Doing his thing. We're just trying to eat a meal and have a freaking conversation. And maybe 45 minutes before they leave, every 5 minutes they're just interrupting our conversation. Kind of said, oh, what are you doing later? And he legit just looks over. He goes, "Nothing with you." <laughs> and they both go. <laughs> they they both go. Well, one was more obnoxious than the other. The bolder one of the two, or the drunker one of the two, goes, oh, "Well, it's not like I was trying to hit on you." And Max goes, or Max goes, "Yeah, all right." And so we keep eating our dinner. And before we go, yeah, you're way past the, hitting on me. <laughs> <laughs> the drunker one goes, "Well, the least you guys could do is buy us dinner." And Max goes, I could buy everyone in this restaurant dinner. And I think I will. I just won't be buying yours. And they were like, they go, oh, oh my God, paid their check. And she was like, I was only joking. And I'm dying, dude, because he's so in character for this. And then they leave. And he looks over to the other table. And he's like, I'm sorry. They were just annoying us. And the other table was like, no, they were annoying us, too. And he goes, but I'm not buying you dinner. (laughs) They're like, no, it's totally fine. But I had a great dinner with Max. He's such a. A talented, talented dude. We can get into to to what he did last week because
5: the, they certainly cut enough times to him during the Moxley Brian Danielson match. Every big, every move they would cut up to him, holding his poker chip and him doing like a little clap or him. Although they, he was very conscious of them shooting to him too, because he he had like a a look for. He was very focused on the match.
1: He never gave them the same reaction twice i was like "Dude, how many reactions does this guy have (laughs) let's transfer over to wwe like we do every week we start with monday night raw and seth rollins opened the show dressed like a professional wrestler first time in a while i was very pleasantly surprised i was so nervous he was going to come out in like a, a pink boa feather boa around his neck and some glasses that his wife let him borrow and maybe some pumps. I had no idea what to expect. And it was nice to see a regular Seth Rollins come out, which I thought would make you happy. But even cooler, they did this like drum entrance, like, the old school orchestras. Remember like the guys, they have that huge drum in front of them and they have those like padded drumsticks and it's like, boom, boom, boom. And at first I was like, this is going to be cheesy. But then they just cut to this Greek god named Bobby Lashley. It's my daughter's favorite wrestler. I've mentioned this before. My son thinks he has a secret identity as a businessman. They're starting the shows at Monday Night Raw. It feels like, so differently than when Vince was there. And it's almost like action right away. Like everything just feels faster lately in wrestling in a good way. It doesn't feel rushed. It just feels faster. I'm excited for tonight, Jeff. How'd you feel about the the opening of the show, first match, or whatever you want to talk
5: about? It was cool. Like you said, it feels like an event. It feels yeah. like, a, like, some, like I've, I don't know how they book shows and how things work. When you go to it live, they do like a lot of like, off tv matches to kind of get you like warmed up but it yeah, still they have dark it, matches yeah but it still feels like a, oh let's get our snacks we've still got some time let's grab a beer let's you know like you kind of have this kind of like oh we're ramping up whereas lately and maybe i don't know this is just the way it feels i feel like i'm i'm going oh oh it's starting it's starting Shh. you know like it just feels like there's a yeah. the event has begun and they're starting that's strong. exactly
1: it here's another side quest back in the 80s when uh What was that show called? Twin Peaks. There was no DVR. There was no anything. If you spoke, if you spoke, we would all watch it as friends. You were thrown out of the room because it was like, oh, no, the show's starting. Everybody chill out, chill out, chill out. And I think they found something special here. And granted, you're not going to be able to do it forever. But letting Seth Rollins open the show almost every week, regardless of his wardrobe, is awesome. He has so much focused energy. And whether you love him or hate him, it's correct. He's just, his promos are, look, the guy can act. I, I know we trash on his wardrobe a lot, but that's okay. People trash on my wardrobe. I know I dress like shit. It's okay. I don't get my feelings hurt. I'm sure he's not. But he's so good on the mic. It's almost like he has to open the show every single week. Yeah. And this thing he has with Riddle, which I thought was going to be dead, they're really making me want to watch. And it's getting so violent that the only pay-per-view that could possibly end this rivalry is Extreme Rules. Bailey came in in her hometown of San Jose and got booed in her hometown. That is no easy feat. That is no easy feat. They let Dakota Kai talk a little bit. She did well. They let Io talk a little bit, and then she went into the Japanese. I'm letting that slide, but I know Io speaks English, and I wish they would let her speak more. But it was better than the way they got Asuka going because Asuka's Japanese is like crazy. I love Asuka. I just wish they she says w- everything slow
5: s- too. Asuka will, um, she'll like, she'll she'll go ah rah, rah. like it's very like uh, yeah it's theatrical it's, and slow, too theatrical
1: for my taste. I wish Same. they would allow her to to bring it down a little. But y'all know I love Asuka. My wife ever leaves me. I'm learning Japanese, and Asuka, and I'll probably you know open a chicken farm and you know oh, there you go. We got plans, baby. We got plans. (laughs) But let's get to the real deal. Kevin Owens and Austin Theory. Last week, it was promo school for the entire world. I thought that promo was one of the best Kevin Owens, if not the best promo Kevin Owens has ever delivered. And the match to follow up did not disappoint for me, man. This was, I have almost felt like it, It was like an indie show with two WWE guys that were like, hey, we're going to do you a favor and we're going to sell out this 2,500 seat place and tear the roof off because we've been doing this forever and you guys get to enjoy it. The Gargano interference was predictable based on Austin Theory interfering in his match, but it does take us to Austin Theory and Johnny Gargano, which I think is the correct match, and we had spoken about that three episodes ago, we're just ahead of the times, bro. That's right. And it allows KO to move on to someone bigger. Cause he doesn't he's helped Austin with this. This wasn't Austin helping out Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is the bigger star of the two. He's better on the mic. He's better in the ring. He has more experience. I'm not trashing Austin Theory. I think Austin Theory is wonderful and it gets better every week. You can literally watch his watch him grow. And if anybody out there is mad at me for what I said, look at my early movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you can see my growth. I didn't start out strong. I had instincts that were correct, but no technique. And I think Austin is really starting to learn technique as well. And when you work with somebody much, much better than you, like Kevin Owens, you learn when I got the chance to work with Brian Friggin Dennehy. And he called me out on all my bullshit acting bad habits. I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, pretty much why you're way better than me. <laughs> so yeah. Is it man crush time? I believe it is. But this dude is, he's my, no offense, Max. I love you. Thanks for going out to dinner with me. But Kevin Owens is my favorite wrestler working today, man. I just think he's, he's on a whole different, he's in a whole different stratosphere. And he had, let me, let me put a caveat to that. MJF doesn't have to wrestle every week. Right. Because he's in a special place. But Kevin does. And so that's why I'm putting Kevin above, above Max right now. That's right. You heard it here first. KO number one, MJF number two. Everyone else is after that.
0: As an actor, a producer, and a proud Latino father, my days can get very busy, which is why I make sure to dedicate time to what's important Stair Farm is also a big supporter of Michael Tudor Podcast Network by helping to share our Latinx voices. Like a good neighbor, Stair Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tuda shows wherever you get your podcasts.
2: If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, then look no further than the Marketing School podcast hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue.
3: Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
6: Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
1: All right, I rushed through Monday Night Raw. Please forgive me, because the show of the week happened on Wednesday night.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Dynamite at Arthur Ashe Stadium, a million-dollar gate. This felt like a pay-per-view that we were getting for free. This was my single favorite episode of AEW Dynamite since I started watching AEW. I thought this show was the pace. At first, I was nervous because the Jericho-Claudio match for the Ring of Honor championship felt fast to me. But then I realized as I watched the rest of the show, they were establishing the pulse of the show that you were going to watch the rest of the night. And I didn't take my eyes off the screen. I didn't walk away to get drinks. I didn't walk away to get food. The kids were invested. I, this was my single favorite wrestling show of the week and the best AEW wrestling that they have put out there amidst all this chaos and all this drama and all this nonsense with CM Punk and, and, and Kenny Omega and the Elite or whatever they're called, all this nonsense that never needed to happen. Never, all of this could have been avoided if, if there would have just been a face-to-face conversation without it being at a podium saying, you got something to say, come say it. Like That's, that's not the way you handle things, but we've been into that. We are, you and I already went into that. But this show was awesome. We can talk Jericho and Claudio if you want, but only one person stole the show on Wednesday night, and that was the return of Soraya Bevis, formerly known as the WWE's Paige. Ladies and gentlemen, if you don't know who this woman is, she has lived a life with more experiences than all of us combined. She has been wrestling since she was 13 or 14 years old. Her family life was insane. It was basically like growing up in a carnival. She has dealt with crazy stuff, both good and bad. Some her choices, some were not her choice. But for her to go through all of the things she has gone through and walk out on that stage, she looked phenomenal. She looked in great shape. She looked excited, happy, not burnt out, not like, well, it's your ass. It was just she's living in the moment. And no one knew, not even the wrestlers in the ring knew, that she was making her debut. All all those reactions, you I know this for a fact. Britt Baker's face was covered in blood. She took a bad bump at one point. Her nose was bleeding. Yeah, she looked like she, she was like
5: numb in her face, too. Like she, like she couldn't, uh, like she had some Nova gain. She likes blood. Yeah. I, it's crazy. Like, when she bleeds, she rubs it on her face. Yeah. She rubs it across her stomach. It's like
1: war paint for her, dude. It, yeah. It's so hardcore to me. And she doesn't seem like a hardcore wrestler with her gimmick being the dentist and all this. But I guess dentists aren't afraid of blood because they yes. make us bleed. They rough. make my gums bleed. But <laughs> for those of you who don't know about this girl, and like I said, man, she's made some, some choices in her life that you will not agree with. And she's made some choices in her life that you'll really respect. But at the end of the day, all those choices, the good and the bad ones, have brought her to this moment. And it was so awesome. To see her get that kind of response from a sold-out Arthur Ashe stadium, dude. How did, did you get hyped when you saw her come out? How did you feel about it?
5: Well, I didn't see it live, but I did notice you, you, you and uh, you and Alex, our producer, were texting about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm coming out of wherever I'm coming out of going, what did I miss? What did I miss? What did I miss? And so then I go to the computer and I look at it. And I'm going to admit it. And then you guys can eat me up in the comments here, but like, I didn't know that was her name. So I had to that's have her, her real name. Yeah, I had to have her come out of the of the gorilla, or like come out on the ramp in the entrance area, before I knew who everyone was cheering about. And I guess my other wrestling friends were like, "Well, that's like that's her name on her Twitter. That's her name on her all this." And I was like, "Yeah, but I don't follow wrestlers on Twitter and all that stuff." It's her birth like name. Yeah so so but I was very jacked up about it man I was very, I I've I've always thought Paige was great and her lifestyle like you referenced her home lifestyle being like a carnival that's perfect to make a wrestler that makes perfect wrestlers when your home life yeah. is just all it s- does, insane
1: it doesn't make for a good banker no, nope. does it make? Does it make for a good lifeguard at the beach? Not for a good wife, not for a good husband, <laughs> but it
5: makes for a great wrestler or a comic, yeah, or um, performer. So yeah, I performer. was super excited when she came back, and um, it's good to know that those expressions were real because it was great the way they all got out of the ring like they were afraid of her, and uh, and I just love that she kept shouting like, "This is all mine now," which I thought was awesome. Yeah, like she doesn't even have not even <laughs> one match, and she goes, "I'm it's mine. I'm taking all of it." She's all, I think she was living off that the adrenaline of everyone cheering and popping for like that. Um, It was cool, man. I was, I was excited, but I, like I said, it just took me 10 seconds longer than everyone else that that was there. Stepping quickly
1: outside of that action there, Tony Khan, um, who runs books and pays for and does everything. He is the man at AEW took a shot on the crown jewel. It turns out you and I aren't the only ones that think it's a silly pay-per-view, but I felt like, he caught a lot of heat for it and we didn't based on the way both parties described it. So this is for Tony. Tony shit all over it and said, it's just some BS. And the only crown jewel is that Arthur Ashley. So he's basically selling, selling, selling his stuff. Tony, you ain't got to do that. You don't have to dump on, on the crown jewel. Everyone on earth knows it's horseshit. Everyone on earth knows it's just a payday for WWE. So you just got to kind of, throw the line away. Summon in your inner Robert Downey Jr. You know, like Robert Downey Jr. just kind of swallows lines. He'll have a speech like, look, Thanos is coming. He's here to kill all of us. And, you know, it should be super intense, but there'll always be that one line where it's like, and eh, if we die, we die. And he just kind of like <laughs> throws it away. That's how I feel Tony should deal with WWE. He gets very... Chippy. He take- Yeah, he takes things very personally and he gets in his feelings and he talks about, feeling attacked and things like this tony you are the man you have a million your first million dollar gate arthur ash stadium huge frigging show i know you lost a couple wrestlers but they were wrestlers that you weren't doing anything with anyway you're the man don't trip on what wwe is doing right now don't take it personally well it's personal man they're coming after my business you're going after their business too. Right. This is, you guys are competing in the same marketplace. It's like two action movies opening on the same weekend. You don't need to be insecure by these guys. You're a young company. You're growing exponentially. You're growing quickly. And you're starting to put on shows that people are respecting on both sides of the fence. Take confidence in that. Take confidence in the accomplishments and stop worrying about what they're doing. No one respects the crown jewel. No one. I love professional wrestling. I love the WWE. The crown jewel make the matches make me laugh. Yeah. I'm laughing at the TV. I don't even really watch it. I don't think I've watched it since Bray lost to uh poor fucking Bray. I don't know. They're gonna get they're gonna get him, Jeff. They're gonna get him, and I'm not, and I'm just so uh,
5: <laughs> uh Tony Khan should treat WWE. The way he treats CM Punk when CM Punk is sitting right next to him and dunking on him, you know, just wh- <laughs> while while CM Punk was disrespecting you, know how he kept acting like he wasn't there or he wasn't saying that. Just treat WWE like that. Just blow it off. Just just act like I'm not even going to give him, you know. Yeah, man. Like, you gotta it. just just believe in the
1: the power players you have at your company because they believe in you. MJF believes in Tony Khan even when he doesn't agree with him. He believes and respects him. Tony lets Max do what he needs to do to get over. They have a good business relationship. Like, you need to trust in that. You have some foundational pieces that people love. People love Brian Danielson. People love Claudio. I can't ever say his last name, so I don't want to say it incorrectly. But they love him. They still have love for Chris Jericho. He's in his 50s, and he just won his eighth world champion, or different world championship. And they still love him. You have guys and girls there that the crowd is popping hard for. Take confidence in that and stop worrying about a crap pay-per-view that nobody has ever cared about except when Titus slid under the ring accidentally. Yeah, like, that's, that's, about, the,
5: that's the biggest thing that's ever happened to that.
1: It's the only
5: thing people talk
1: about with a smile on their face when they discuss the crown jewel. Every other comment on crown jewel, like Twitter, social media, is hate vitriol just oh they ruined brave they ruined the fiend they ruined this they ruined that yeah they did so you win i often get asked why i'm such a big fan of wrestling and it's all thanks to my grandma growing up we would watch matches together Sharing memories and revisiting wrestling's greatest moments. And with State Farm's support of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, I get to do just that. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Listen to new episodes of your favorite Michael Tura shows wherever you listen to podcasts.
3: Listen to a brand new season of math and magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
7: The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby Award winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help black women decipher how their past inform who they are today Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.
6: Every week on Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso, I invite an artist, writer, or politician to come to the table and speak from the heart in ways I imagine you haven't heard from them before. where people actually start to sound like people. In recent weeks, I sat with Dan Levy, Ava DuVernay, Benny Safdie, and the editor of The New Yorker, David Remnick. You can listen to Talk Easy with Sam Fragoso on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I hope to see you there.
1: So Friday night Smackdown, Jeff. You know what time it is, right? You know what time it is. It's time for Sami Zayn and the Sami Zayn show.
5: This he was the greatest performer in
1: the world. he hears this.
5: Listen, he should be so happy that you put him over every week so hard. Listen to me. It's not putting him
1: over. I'm spitting facts. There's Marlon Brando, there's Betty Davis, wow, and there's Sami Zayn, and that's not even in the right order. That's not even the right order. This
6: is
1: is outrageous. Don't don't get mad at me. Okay, so the show opens, and this is my favorite of the week. No, it's not. It's my second favorite. The show opens. I just keep rewinding. And here comes the bloodline. The bloodline is headed by the WWE champion, Roman Reigns, who's like the most handsome dude in wrestling right now. He's got perfect teeth, perfect beard. Perfect skin, perfect hair. He's just too damn perfect. So I'm something in me very soon is going to start hating him. And he comes out with the Uso brothers, Jimmy and Jay. Jimmy likes Sammy. Jay hates Sammy. And the newly recruited Solo Sokoa, who I like a lot. I like him a lot, man. He fits in perfect. And Paul Heyman. And they come out and they start speaking. And Paul Heyman does his spiel which is always money. I'm not saying spiel in a derogatory term. Paul Heyman's perfect on the mic, as always. They're talking about family, bloodline, how the elders sent Solo Sokoa to assist Roman Reigns while the others weren't allowed in Cardiff and all this history. And then Sammy wants to speak. And he wants to acknowledge his tribal chief. And Roman isn't having it. And he says, why are you even wearing that bloodline shirt? You're not a part of my family. What are you doing? did I even say you could wear that? Roman ain't having it. He goes, take that shirt off. And Sammy's like, what, wait, what take that shirt off now. And Sammy doesn't want to, because that's what he's identifying with. He had this like connection, right? Even though it was the, one of these things is not like the other connection and he's looks so sad and heartbroken. And then Roman just says, Jay, And Jay rips the shirt off his chest like Andre ripped the shirt off of Hogan's chest. And now Sammy's sitting there exposed. He's the only one that's not dressed now. And he's like basically like naked and vulnerable. doughy eyed. And doughy-eyed and afraid. He's afraid, Jeff. And I'm afraid for I'm afraid for him. They're gonna turn out, they're gonna turn him out right now and like and just, you know, group up and beat the crap out of him. And then Roman Reigns throws him a t-shirt. And he says, put that on. And Sammy looks at it, and his eyes light up like (laughs) like a little boy at Christmas who got the the Red Rider BB gun. (laughs) And he turns it to camera so everyone can see it. And it just reads. It doesn't say because shirts don't speak. It reads, honorary oos. And he puts the shirt on. And he rushes into the arms of his of his tribal chief and acknowledges him. And he hugs Roman Reigns. And Roman's face is like, oh, my God, what is this guy doing? And then finally, he kind of gives him some love back. And Sammy is back in with the bloodline. And the bloodline is stronger than ever. I love this. I thought it was so great. He's the lead of the show. No one will believe me when I say this, but Sami Zayn is the, lead, the of lead of Friday Night Smack. He is. He's the Cary Grant of this movie. He's the Clark Gable of this movie. Dare I say he's the '90s Freddie Prinz Jr. of that movie? What? What? He's, he's the Bart Gunn of this. Of- no, he's not. No, he is not the <laughs> Bart, Bart Gunn. Wins. He's the he's the uh- he's the Billy Gunn. If he's
5: anything of that too, Billy made it further. Don't hey don't put bar gun on my guy Sammy. I don't just do saying, that. You know, he was the champion of Brawl for All, so I, I had to make him the uh, I had to make him the top, you know? Champion of don't don't say champion and brawl for all
1: in the same <laughs> hey, he sentence. Yeah, he won it all, you know. I want to get into our best worst of the week. Um, my best of the week, it's almost too many. And hear me out, because it's gonna sound like I'm doing some silly Sami Zayn stuff, but I'm not. The maximum male model agency. Now, one of them, they call Mace He used to be known as Mace. His real name is Dio. And I played Dungeons and Dragons with him. And he's the man, dude. Talking about MJF's biceps? Nah, dude. Deal's arms are way bigger. This dude is jack. He can act. He can talk. I don't know how good his wrestling is, because he always loses, because he's in this maximum male model. But they lost again, as they do. L.A. Knight is pissed at the loss. But it was more than that. He was as pissed as we are at the entire gimmick. Takes off his jacket. The dude's so buff, he couldn't even get his jacket off. it took him
5: a minute to get that jacket off.
1: Bro, he's jacked. Like at NXT, he's deezed out. I love that, though, that he was just too buff to get it off. Slams his jacket on the ground. And to me, this signifies the very beginning of LA Knight being done and gone with this horrible god-awful, borderline top 10 worst ideas the WWE's done in the last decade, and he can finally become the LA Knight that he was at NXT.
5: Honorable mention. Braun looks great. I know they're kind of working the same stuff with him, these last few, like, but I still... The big powerbomb on uh, on, uh, Otis Otis. was awesome. Uh, And Otis weighs, like,
1: 8,000 pounds.
5: Yeah, I I mean, there's a reason they're doing it. Like, it's definitely, like... Hey, look at this feat of strength, which makes sense because Braun is a bodybuilder. It's a big feat of strength guy. Uh, my worst, I don't know, probably just everything Sami Zayn did. Oh, you're such a jerk. I'm, <laughs> I'm but, just kidding. That's I'm not true. you right <laughs> in the shoulder next <laughs> time I
1: see you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Jeff, are you going to be anywhere this weekend? Tell the people where you're going to
5: be. This weekend, I will be in Houston, Texas. Um, I'll be at the Comedy Cellar all Wednesday, all Thursday in New oh, York City. Oh, man. And then I'll be in uh, Houston on Friday and Saturday. Just go to jeffdie.com. You can find all those tickets. Also, guys, getting
1: ready to start my YouTube channel like full time again. I would love it if uh, you want to catch up on some of the stuff. There's nerdy stuff there. But there's also some cool stuff as well where I talk about kind of how film inspires film. There's a lot of YouTube videos out there done by people with no experience in the film industry whatsoever talking about film and things like this. And I watched a couple of them because my friend said, you'll get a laugh. And there was so much misinformation and just uneducated information going out there as far as like, Oh, this movie inspired da, 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 da. And I'm like, that movie was made in by John Ford basically, and was inspired, but you know, multiple times after that. And so there is some like other stuff in there. That's not just like board games and crap like that. So if you're into films and things like that, I think you will like those gag talks. That's the name of that segment. And I'm getting ready to, uh, to go full time with it again, where we're going to be doing things like I did for Up, Up, Down, Down when I was their DM on their season three of Rollout. Jeff, any final departing words for the people? Don't trash Sami Zayn.
5: I was just going to say I love Sami Zayn, and uh, I was only making him the worst of the week to tease you. I don't really <laughs> believe he's the worst of the week. We love Sami Zayn. We love the brawl for all. We love each other. We love friendship, and we love uh, we love wrestling
1: with Freddie. I'm just going to say yes. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you all next week. Peace. <laughs>
5: Follow us on our show accounts. Follow us on Instagram, Wrestling With Freddy. Twitter is WWFreddyPod. Follow us on all the socials so you can submit your questions for the Federation. This has been a production of iHeart's My Cultura Podcast Network. For more podcasts from
1: iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
7: With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select campus events while supplies last, make every tap music to your
2: ears. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that also with other interesting guests. Then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: Hi there. I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards